It is my favorite time of the year, not only because it's Hanukkah, the miracle of lights. This week's Parsha, Parsha's Vayeshev, starts my favorite narrative in all of Tanakh, the longest narrative in all of Tanakh, with four Parsha dedicated to my favorite character. And if you've listened to this podcast at all, you would quickly figure out that that person is Yosef. Yosef is the man that in Parsha's Vayegash is able to look at his brothers that tormented him, tortured him, traumatized him, and was able to say to them, Hashem Shalachani, Hashem sent me here. This was part of the plan. So his, who is Yosef? We meet Yosef as a young boy in Parshas Vayeshev, and Yosef's a dreamer. He's eccentric. He's different from his brothers. His brothers don't get him. The Torah tells us that Yaakov, being that Yosef is the apple of his eye, the oldest son of his favorite wife, his beloved wife that he fell in love with the first time he lay eyes on her, Yosef, he gives him a kasinus passive, a colorful cloak. Hasidus explains that the colorful cloak represents Anon Movadai, the ability for Yosef to see Hashem in every single aspect of his life. Complete coexistence. His brothers didn't understand that. His brothers were shepherds. They completely disconnected themselves from the world. They couldn't understand Yosef. How are you going to engage and bring God to every facet of your life? You have to separate yourself from the world. Be a shepherd. Be afraid. Yosef wasn't afraid. And so he dreamt. He was a dream. He had big dreams. And the more he dreamt, the more distasteful and more arrogant Yosef seemed in the eyes of his brothers. He told them of two specific dreams both in which his brothers were going to be subservient to him and bow to him, one with sheaves and one with constellations, and that did not make him more beloved in the eyes of his brothers. And so one day, as Yosef goes out to find his brothers and check out on him as the request of his father, the brothers say, you know what, let's kill him. It's enough. We're done with Yosef. And Rovan looks at the brothers and says, no, let's throw him in a pit. They was trying to Ruvain essentially was trying to stall his brothers and say to them, you know what, just throw him in a pit, wait a bit of time. And Ruvain was planning to save Yosef. But as he went and Davina did shiva for moving the bed of his father, Yehuda looks at his brothers and say, Ma betza, let's at least make money off Yosef. And so they sell Yosef to a group of peddlers, merchants. And those per- merchants send Yosef to another group of merchants. And so finally, Yosef finds himself in the house of Saris Pare. He finds himself in the home of the officer of Pare, Patifar. And the Torah tells us that whilst Yosef should have been the most traumatized boy, someone that went from being the apple of his father's eyes to being a lone slave, an orphan, orphan from his mother at a young age, sold by his brothers who do not like him. Finally, he gets to the house of Potiphar. And the Torah says, Hashem And Hashem is with Yosef. And he becomes a successful man. In the house of his, his boss. And even his master sees that Hashem is with him. In his hands, he actually sees that there is success in every aspect of his life. This is Yosef. He believes. He believes there's a plan. He is not dejected. 
And even as the story unfolds, when challenges come his way, and this challenge of Potiphar's wife one day decides to come onto Yosef, you would think Yosef had every reason to be with her. It made more sense as a young teenager who was alone, who whose his boss loved him and made him in charge of everything except for his lechem, which Rashi says it was his wife. He was in charge of every aspect. It would have made sense to be with Potiphar, you could argue, Potiphar's wife. At least no one would know he would still keep his job. And as we soon see, he gets in big trouble for refusing. And yet the Torah tells us, the Midrash actually explains something interesting, that she used to come on him all the time. But Rashi actually explains that Potiphar's wife actually had noble intentions. And he derived that through juxtaposition, through exploring and explaining that just like Tamar in the story that, in, that really lands in the middle of the Parsha with Tamar, who dresses up as a prostitute to be with Yehuda in order to have twins because she knew that she was meant to have a child through Yehuda and thus she is blessed with twins so too Potiphar's wife also looked in the stars through astrology and believed that she was going to have children generations descendants from Yosef however it was misconstrued because she it was really her daughter Asna that ends up marrying Yehuda that mar ends up marrying Yosef in any case the Midrash tells us that she really comes on to him strong. And she keeps on telling him, be with me, be with me, be with me. And here the Torah has the Shalshalas. The Torah recognizes Yosef's struggle. The cancellation notes, the trap shows us of Yosef going back and forth, back and forth. Is this the right decision? And eventually... He comes to the Klushan Ein and he refuses. Rashi explains to us, how does Yosef have the ability to refuse? It doesn't make sense to refuse. But Yosef believes. Yosef believes in Hashem. And Rashi tells us so beautifully that what did Yosef see? He actually sees the image of his father. He sees his, Rebbe, his Rebbe's image. He sees the image of his father and he says, no. I'm not going to be with this woman. I believe that Hashem is going to be with me and it's going to work out. Yosef, every reason to be a victim, every reason to feel sorry for himself, and yet he doesn't. And she's upset at him, and so she calls out, and she says, this every servant is basically messing with me. And so Yosef is taken to prison straight away. And at that time, he meets a butler and a baker. It's interesting. As soon as he gets there, Vayitin Sar Beis Saihar, the the head of the the chief of prisoner, the chief prisoner, Biyad Yosef is Kol Asirim. He basically makes him in charge of all the prisoners. But Beis Saihar, there's Kol Asher Aisim Sham, who Haya Aisan. Everything that was done there was under his directions and it continues he sees Hashem's with him not just beyond not just through him through his hands he sees Hashem in Yosef everything he does Hashem makes him successful it's crazy Yosef is in a prison he's in a prison 
You would think Yosef had every reason to be miserable. He's in a prison. And yet, Yosef perseveres. Hashem's with him. He believes. And even the head of the prison sees that there is something in Yosef. He doesn't victimize himself. He doesn't feel sorry for himself. He doesn't go back, regret, think maybe I should have. I should have maybe been with Potiphar and then perhaps maybe, maybe I shouldn't have. No. Yosef believes. Yosef has conviction in himself. He believes in Hashem. He says no. And he gets on with it. You read about Yosef and it's, it's, it's really a message for life. And the message is not convoluted. The message is straightforward. And Mona believing in Hashem is what gets you through life. Not to be a complainer. He doesn't say anything. The Torah depicts Yosef as a person that is triumphant. A person that is able to actually see Hashem in every aspect of his life to a point where even though the first time it says, in the hands of Yosef. Everything was in his hand. By the time we get to prison, we see that Yosef sees Hashem within him. He feels a sense of humility. The same Yosef from the beginning of Parsh is not the same Yosef from being in prison. Yosef is a person that sees that everything in his life is for a reason and for a purpose. And that's why the story always ends on top. I think we're going through times where, like Yosef, the Jewish people have been experiencing tremendous torture. Jewish people have received an exorbitant amount of orphans. They've been, it feels like they're forsaken. It feels like the story is just bad. It feels like the story is ending. I was actually at the cartel recently and I saw two of the D girls from the massacre, a few from a terrible shooting a few months back, I think it's Janu- January right now, and I saw them walking by the cartel, the cartel, and I was thinking to myself, like, how? How do you move on? How do we even, like, how do we not victimize ourselves? How do we get on with life? Yes, if someone's that really went through hell, but was able to always find success in every aspect of his life. And the Torah tells us clearly how he found success in every aspect of his life. Hashem Itai, Hashem was with him. He believed Hashem was with him. The only way us Jewish people, both on a macro level as a collective, but internally as a people, the only way that we can achieve any success in our lives and eventually, Yosef becomes the viceroy of Egypt. How does that happen? How does someone with all the trauma in the world and every reason to be what they say messed up or have an excuse to be a victim? Yosef could have, a typical teenager that goes through that, we wouldn't blame them if they went on drugs, if they went off the derech, if they found, uh, the, brothers had, the brothers themselves thought Yosef was dead. How could Yosef possibly become the viceroy. They couldn't even believe it was him. The way Yosef did that was through bringing Hashem into every faculty of his life, in the good times, in the bad times, in the horrible times, in the in slavery, in prison. That was Yosef. Imagine if we relinquish control, recognize that our life's not in our hands. The only way to actually achieve success and get anywhere 
is to keep Hashem in your life. Recognize and remember, like Yosef, Hashem has a plan. Hashem's not going to forsake us. We always end on top. Wishing you a beautiful Shabbos. Am Yisrael Chai, the Jewish people always end on top.